Jeff Disher here, and we're back with another episode of There's a Difference, and you know what I like to do. I like to bring on the best of the best, people that have disrupted their markets, people that are making a difference in their profession and standing out, and today I wanted to bring on a special guest. He's not only my dentist, but he's one of the best out there. He actually teaches dentists how to dentist, if that makes sense, so we're going to cover some basic stuff like what the best toothbrush is to use, also get deeper into uh, veneers and implants, just in case you're missing teeth. All right, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dr. Alfredo Paredes. Hi, hi, Jeff. What's up, buddy? Thank you for having me here. Thanks for coming to the show, man. I appreciate it. Um, if you guys can see my pearly whites, <laughs> this man <laughs> is responsible for them. Um, I know dentistry, uh, doctor, is, you know, obviously I had a fear of it. Um, I think a lot of people have a fear of going to the dentist. You know, they don't like hearing the sound of the drill. They don't like the smoke, the smell. Um, one thing I can say about you is when I go there, you know, you're very um, accommodating in terms of that. I always felt comfortable. You have a very nice office. Um, and it just made me feel at ease. So let's jump into it. I just want you to kind of introduce yourself. Um, tell a little bit about your practice and, uh, and what locations you have. And we'll go from there. Okay, hi, um, good morning, everybody. So um, my name is Alfredo Paredes, Dr. Alfredo Paredes. Um, as, as a specialist, my, my specialty is called uh, prosthodontist. Prosthodontist is a specialty ministry where we do advanced reconstructions. Um, we do from like simple stuff to very complex to someone that needs a complete reconstruction where all the teeth are missing or will be removed to be reconstructed at a later time. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm also an, uh, an assistant professor at Loma Linda University, so I love education. I also, part of my office is um, doing continuum education courses where we teach uh, primarily general dentists um, about different advanced techniques that they can use in their office. And, and, and also we give them uh, C credits. All professionals in the medical and dental field, we need to uh, stay up to date when it comes to education, new technology, uh, procedures that we do. So that's part of um, what I do. Um, and we do that in my office. I have an office in, uh, in Murrieta and, uh, you know, next to Temecula. Mm -hmm. And here in San Diego, um, in Bankers Hill. Yeah, it's so right up the street. Yeah, just about a mile away. So, yeah, we're very, very local. Yeah. On, so would you say a, a percentage of your business or your practice is, you know, just say you saw 100 patients in the next month, what would that breakup be? Is 70% for major work, like reconstructive, implants, missing teeth, is it stuff like that? Well, as a specialist, I've... I, des I designed my office to be a referral-based practice where general dentists refer patients to me. And also patients, um, uh, patients can come directly to, to me too. Uh, for instance, if you're a patient and need um, implants, I uh, need some sort of prosthetics uh, like dentures or, or fumar reconstruction, you wanna have a makeover in your smile, things like that, you can come directly to us. Um, also, um, uh, also the other source will be general dentists that 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 uh, the thing that their uh, case might be a little complex. They will refer it to to us. However, um, we're preparing to um, hopefully next year, 2021, 
we'll be uh, expanding to also incorporate children into our practice mm -hmm. where we can do um, uh, children under sedation as well, children with disabilities that need to be put under because we plan to have a surgical room where they can properly be um, uh, taken care of. So that's kind of nice. what we're looking for for the future. We're preparing for it. So it's very exciting. That's great, man. Um, I want to talk about that um, in a little bit. Let's start off with some basics. You know, you, you and I spoke. We're part of the same business working uh, networking group, BNI, and we kind of always go back and forth. And I know one of my questions, because you see it all the time, is it's pretty basic. Like, what toothbrush are good? Are there difference between toothbrushes? I know that the electrical ones that we have on the table here are coming out. A lot of those are coming out these days. And then you have your standard old school, just manual toothbrush and also maybe toothpaste. So I just want to start off with what do you, what's your, what's your, your take or your opinion on toothbrush? What do you think is the best or the least best? Is there, is there a difference? Well, let's see. One of the things that, uh, the, that we do is uh, do evaluations primarily between uh, the hand, um, the hand brush, toothbrush, just regular toothbrushes mm -hmm. and also electrical toothbrushes like the one we have here as a sample. Right, but um, regardless of the toothbrush, in reality, it comes down to a technique. Proper technique can make a difference in whether you're gonna get cavities or you can maintain your, your teeth clean. And uh, we can go over that also in a moment. I actually have this little model that I can show um, how to properly brush, and that will actually make a difference. So it's more in the way you brush versus the toothbrush. That is correct. You can actually do a similar job uh, using a manual toothbrush in an electrical one if you do it properly. Nice. Yes. Yeah, we'll have you do that in a second. What about toothpaste? Are there any toothpaste that are better than the other? Because I know that when I go to the store, there's like hundreds of kinds. So, Yes. Uh, what we focus more, though, the way I see it in my practice personally, is that we look at the paste, the toothpaste, there's some that is a little bit sandy, that it, it's got like a little, uh, little grit. A little, yes, in there, so it's a little abrasive, and there's the other ones that are really, really smooth. Some of the, the ones that I personally recommend to my patients are the ones that are really smooth. Okay. Um, some people think that being, um, having an abrasive toothpaste and also a hard toothbrush is gonna give you better cleaning. And also, uh, let me just back up a little bit about the toothbrushes. The only one thing that I want to say about the toothbrushes is that people compare, should I get a hard one mm -hmm. where the bristles are really stiff or should I get a soft one? Um, the hard, stiff bristles can actually damage your gums in the long term. I've had patients that have used hard toothbrushes and they go, really hard brushing their gums and one of the things that we see later on in life is that the actual toothbrush can create wear on the tooth and also can create gum recession. Gum recession means that your gums go higher where you apply in pressure with mm. the toothbrush and that can become an aesthetic problem yep, later on that. in life. You know, can, you can see longer teeth in some areas. Well, what I recommend to my patients is use a soft toothbrush because the way we think about it is this. Let's say you eat a meal, right? And let's say we recommend just waiting about 20 minutes after you eat a meal and then brush your teeth. In 20 minutes, anything that is left in your teeth is not gonna have enough time to get hard and solidified that you, that you will say, 
I need a really hard toothbrush to get it off, mm -hmm. right? This is still probably some remain remains of food might be hanging in there, but a soft toothbrush will do a terrific job. So do you, do you recommend then if do you brush right after you eat? Like what if you're out doing stuff and you don't? Because I remember you telling me one time even that a lot of times your mouth will clean itself for the most part. If you eat most foods, you were saying, you know, because I remember me, I was always brushing my teeth. Let me brush my teeth. And you say, well, for the most part, your mouth will clean itself like a certain percentage. But then you also need to go in there. I'm not saying not to brush, but you have to go in there and get some of that off. Do you recommend people, obviously, how many times a day do they brush or should they? Well, uh, let me uh, uh, clarify that a little bit. Um, when, um, when we talk about your mouth kind of cleaning itself, it's actually the saliva. Okay. It's your body producing enough, enough saliva to be able to maintain the continuous flow in your mouth, right? Um, like, for instance, one of the problems that we see is a lot of people that take lots of medications or that have um, gone through chemotherapy or, or radiation for a cancer, uh, we can see that uh, sometimes the salivary glands start producing saliva. So then your mouth is always dry. So then when you eat something, it will tend to stay in your mouth. And so you have to be very proactive about brushing all the time. Otherwise, otherwise the bacteria that stays in, in the mouth will start creating cavities and potentially those patients can get cavities very quickly in a few, it's a matter of a few months and they can have cavities all over their mouth. So when someone is, that is healthy and have good saliva flow, the saliva helps a lot, but still you gotta go in there with a toothbrush and, and finish, um, uh, complete the cleaning of your teeth. So um, the ideal, if you wanted to say, hey, I wanna maintain a, a good breath, uh, uh, um, my teeth clean, fresh mouth, I'll say brushing like 20 minutes after each meal will be ideal. And then okay. you will maintain the fresh uh, breath and, and the sensation of having a clean, clean mouth, so. Okay, so I mean, obviously when you wake up and then if you just have a, I mean, Ideally, you're saying maybe carry a, a portable toothbrush with you or one that goes in those little things and after each meal, just 20, 30 minutes after, by the time you get back to your office or whatever it is, your, your job, just give it a quick brush. That is correct. And for that, there is also a small uh, electrical and manual ones. Um, I'll be happy to show you one of the electrical ones that is very simple to use. Yeah, let's do that real quick. Go ahead and let me, let me hold on. I'm going to step away from the mic for a second. Can you just show this one? Yeah, let's use this one. All right, great. So one of the techniques that I'm learning um, in dental school when I was at UCLA was that um, if you can, when you put your toothbrush, whether it be a manual or electrical one, most of the time we tend to brush, let's assume this is a manual one, we tend to brush just like this. We put the bristles, the bristles mm -hmm. uh, perpendicular to the teeth. And then so we clean and you can go around and you can say, oh yeah, all right, all right I'm done. And in fact, um, many of us can do, can brush our teeth in like 10 seconds when it's supposed to be like about two minutes. Okay. So, and that's basically just by doing back and forth, go to the front teeth and the back teeth and done, right? So where we tend to see uh, uh, most of the problems as far as with gum issues, gum disease, uh, cavities on the teeth also had to do with um, how you position the toothbrush. So 
one of the things I'm going to do is I am going to hold this uh, this little uh, jaw here, and I'm going to pull my toothbrush perpendicular to the teeth. But then one of the things that we recommend is just tilt it about to 45 degrees, and then you're going to see that the bristles bent into the gum. So wha what he does is when the bristles bent a little bit, they kind of go a little bit into your gums. Not a lot, but very little. And having a soft toothbrush won't damage your, your, your oh, gums. So it kind of cleans up the canal between your gums and your tooth. Right, like right at the margin. So then so it offers that cleaning. And also it removes anything that could be um, seating on, right on top of the gum, right? Okay. And then we also recommend just to do it in a circular motion, in the small motion. This one actually is electrical, so it does the job. It's already spinning, right? But we recommend just put about 45 degrees so the bristles bent a little bit. They go into the gum and they clean and mm. they clean really well. So for that, if you were to use a hard toothbrush, you would probably damage your gum. So you don't want to do that. Something soft that, that will actually um, uh, be very beneficial for you. Okay, yeah, because I can imagine with that hard brush, it's almost doing more damage than it's doing good because it's going to, yeah, it'll clean your teeth, but then it's going to, if it inflames or it irritates your gums, and even separates it more and more food could get there. And then you have gums that start getting inflamed and need, need work, if you will. Right, right, okay. right. You need some of those, uh, some of the recession. And then, which also can be repaired if the patient, um, let's say, has one of those gum defects or the gum going up or got, had some gum recession. Let's say the patient needs to have, or wants it repaired. Then, then most likely you will need to have some sort of gum graft later to oh. be able to fix it. So it can involve some surgical procedures or also there's all the techniques to be able to fix that. Uh, it's more like a cosmetic periodontal surgery. So okay. uh, it's a, it can be done as well. Nice. All right. Let's you put that back up there. Yeah, let's put it right there. Um, all right. Let's jump into something more serious. So that's for everyone that have perfect teeth. Let's talk a little bit more. One of your last presentations, um, you were talking about, <laughs> I mean, it's sad to say, but people that use crystal meth, people that are losing teeth, people that didn't take care of their teeth. I know when I was younger, like, I had a lot of, I mean, you know, you worked on my teeth. I had a lot of work done because I just didn't, I didn't know about it, you know, and some people just neglect their teeth. What are, um, what are, so as far as implants go, I know that's, I mean, it's not new, but I know that it's, what do you, what type of people, or just explain that process and what type of people typically get implants? Okay, well, let me just um, get this model if I can, just yep. so I can, I can show you. So, um, this little model kind of uh, shows samples of different scenarios when someone is missing some teeth, uh, one tooth, or all teeth are, are missing, or will be removed, right? So, the process of having an implant is primarily to replace teeth. Like, like this time, unfortunately, with this uh, coronavirus going on, we see a lot of emergencies, right? And this is what I tell my patients. I say, well, I'm going to get you out of pain. But we solve half of the problem. The other problem is, will be how to get your teeth back. Mm -hmm. Once, one, part, of the, part of the solution or the treatment is, let's get you out of, out of pain, clean up, maybe do some bone graft if you have a bone defect. Uh, where the bone was damaged by the bacteria. And we solve one problem, but we generate another problem because now the person is going to be missing a tooth. That can affect the chewing efficiency of the person. So now, hopefully, once all this is over, now we can, and the patient is healed, now the second part of the treatment is let's get 
get you a tooth back. Now, getting teeth back for those that have lost teeth, we can get it through dentures or we can get it through implants. What's the difference between the two? This is how to think about it. When you're missing a tooth, you can, you can go two ways. S to have something that is removable or something that is fixed. We call it fixed, is so fixed to something that looks like a natural tooth that doesn't come out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's like something that looks and feels like your own teeth. That we call it fixed. Yeah. So, so some people, um, I'll be honest with you, the majority of people want something fixed. Something well, I would that imagine looks natural. Like older people, not to discriminate or anything, but older people that are like, eh, I don't really care. The dentures might be easier. Like if you're 80 years old and your teeth are all messed up, dentures seem like the, the better solution. That's the way I think of it. I think of like dentures might be for older people and then... Um, and then like implants are for people that are still maybe younger, that still have a long time to live. It's more of a, cause that's why I've, I've always thought about it. You know, I always thought that dentures were like for older people, you know, but do you ever put dentures in younger people? Yes, we do. But let me just say something about older people. You'll be surprised that, uh, actually uh, the majority of the people getting implants are older people. Okay. And uh, the reason why, if you think about it, the implants before implants were popular, people were always worried, are those successful? Is that for me? Is it a big surgery? Am I healthy? Or other people just thought, hey, I want to die in a few years. Why spending money on getting implants, right? And guess what happened? They didn't die. So now, as they get older, they have a lot of problems chewing. And in fact, I can t I tell you that when you have a removable denture, sometimes me as a dentist, we adjust them and we make it the most comfortable way that we can. We put a lot of effort in making our dentures as as good and comfortable as possible. But still, when when the patient continues to lose bone, it gets really thin and sharp. So those dentures will always be discomforting. You bite hard, it can create a sore. So people that have dentures can relate to this. They have to put adhesive on it to keep holding in place. So they struggle a, a little bit. And then so, um, a lot of our patients come to us and say, you know what, I had enough with these this, this dentures. Do I qualify to have implants? You know, they want to they turn it into something fixed. And so now what we're seeing now is that mentality of all, older people ha having dentures. Now they're turning it into something fixed that I, I'm going to show you in a moment here, yeah. some samples of that. And uh, referring to your second question, as far as whether we put dentures on younger people, usually there is a small percentage of young people that will need to have a lot of teeth removed. Like uh, the presentation that I just gave last week yep. on people that have uh, ha that has some substance abuse to drugs, including methamphetamine. It's where all the teeth get cavities. Almost every single tooth will get a cavity. And then the patient, if, if the patient doesn't treat it, they get abscesses in the bone. And then eventually it's a lot of pain and discomfort, pus, all of that. It becomes a really ugly situation. So for those patients, um, mostly because of their socioeconomic situation, that is um, when a patient, you know, like in a presentation, I said this group of patients, even though they're very young, and like the patient I talked to you about, he's been clean for about a year, but but now because there's a lot of um, broken teeth, um, uh, a lot of cavities, uh, they go to find a job, and because of their looks, it's hard to find a mm -hmm. job. So now, so now for for these patients, they 
they they have to get kind of like a reconstruction, like a smile makeover to get back into society, right? So one of one of the problems that comes is, is with it is if these patients, first of all, don't have a job, their finances are not very well. So we would keep putting denture, which is more um, financially is more economic than mm-hmm. having implants. But most people in this situation will get back into society and get a job and later on start saving money and then eventually will turn it into something with implants. So um, how long do implants uh, last? Well, this is what this is what I tell my my patients is, as long as you brush it, there is a very high chance that the, the patient the implants will last for a very long time. I have patients that had implants for twenty five years, and it looks like they had them done two months ago. Wow, they look really really good. And I would imagine the technology gets better and better, right? So yes, it is. It's better and better. But it, like what we do is, for instance, when we complete a case. In my office, we'll make sure that by the time we say we're done with your, where your treatment is complete, I'll make sure that everything is functioning well, that everything is working well, that the implants are well integrated. Then the rest of the time, we expect that our patients are going to follow the um, oral hygiene instructions to maintain it well because the next phase of the treatment is maintenance throughout the years. And as long as there is good maintenance, there's a very high chance that those implants are gonna are gonna survive for for many years. And that might that might be part of the problem because that's why they're there in the first place because they probably didn't take care of their teeth unless it's like an emergency or the or uh, like a car crash or an accident, but or if they did drugs. Hopefully, if they go, don't go back to drugs, do drugs affect the implant? everything affects it? Yes, and that's why we we. We do treatments on patients who are committed and they're ready to make the change. It's very hard when a patient is not motivated. In fact, uh, most of the time they won't even come for um, a consultation. It's the people that actually come and get a consultation and want to get treated. Um, in their mind, they're prepared to make the change. This actually mm-hmm. works in their favor. So um, if a patient is not ready mentally, um, it's very hard to work and make that change. So yes, we we often uh, one of the things I check in my screenings is to uh, make an assessment and to see how motivated that patient is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I always do. Nice. And so, what? Give an example of someone who's missing a tooth. How it would affect their bite, their chew. On the can you show us that on the diagram? Yeah. So I have this little model. This is a plastic model that we use to show our patients. So. You can see it simulates it simulates the teeth. It simulates a prosthetic with implants. It simulates a, a implant in the front. Oh, yeah. it, it simulates like an like two implants holding a bridge. So let me just uh, talk briefly about this. Um, so when an, a patient is missing a, a teeth in the back, one of the things that we do we can do single implants or we can do implant 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 supported bridges like a bridge supported by two implants as if it was a natural teeth, but in this case, it's, two, it's, it's implants. So in this particular case, you can see a samples where there is two implants and the teeth are actually screwed to those implants. Because if I was to open it, you can see an access hole right here where we go in there and tighten the screw. 
Is that the way it isn't really? Like yeah. The, that's so if people have, imp do you cover that screw or is it always in there? No, the little hole is covered. Like when we deliver the yeah. the the actual bridge, we'll cover the little hole. Many times the other way to do it is we we cement it into the abutments. Let me back up for a moment. An implant is composed of three parts, which is the implant that is in the bone, an abutment that is an extension that goes inside the implant and comes out as if it was a piece of tooth, and the actual crown. If you can see the little crown goes in there, which is the white part. So what happens is sometimes we cement that crown into the onto the abutment. That's the other way to do it, and you won't see the hole. But even this little hole, I'm going to seal it as soon as I'm done putting the, the, the actual teeth, and then you won't notice it. Mm. But the advantage of it would be that if later on, let's say you have a little issue, we can just remove the little plug that we put, and then we and can retrieve it. Yeah, retrieve it and fix the problem. Um, doing implants that can be can have the little screw hole require more precision because the actual hole has to come in the middle. It is more more precision, but hey, we're equipped with um, all the technology to be able to do the, uh, those cases to no, carry out the whole the whole situation. Sometimes with like guided surgery, computer guided surgery, surgical guides, and things like that. Um, the other one that is, if I may, that is that I love doing. There's this this type of procedure is actually one of my favorite ones. Is it's implants in the aesthetic zone. That means that the aesthetic zone is the front teeth, mm -hmm. right? Let's say someone has an accident or we have even patients that are swimming in the summer and they fall and they break a front tooth. Or someone that had trauma. Car accident. Car accidents mm -hmm. hitting the front. It's one of the biggest challenges in the front is how can you make a, a prosthetic or an implant tooth look like a natural tooth, right? It's, it's actually um, a lot more challenging. It requires more procedures to be able to make it look natural. Uh, but because it was, it's a little bit challenging, I actually, that's why I became a specialist. We love big cases, challenging cases, and actually we can get you, we can get to our patients a really good result. When a patient comes from a consultation, we, de we determine whether the patient is going to need that implant, bone graft, gum graft, and um, uh, sometimes, sometimes it's all of it before we actually made the tooth. Then we put temporary teeth in there. It's a whole process. So it depends on the situation. Uh, some people might not need gum graft. Some people might have all the bone there. That we might not need to do bone graft. So when they come, we'll do the consultation and we'll let them know what they need. When a, f when a patient works with us and follow the instructions, we can get very good results. When you say uh, when you say gum graft, is that literally putting more gum on their teeth? Like, it you put gum in there, more gums? Yes, there are certain situations. There are certain situations where the gum is very thin. Here in where the do front. you get the where do you get the material from? Well, there is kind of like uh, the best one that we use. We actually get gum from your, uh, we get uh, something that we call connective tissue uh, graft. We get it from the palate. Oh. We get it, we make a little opening, a uh, little a little opening right on your palate. And then from inside, we get the piece of tissue that we need, the connective tissues that we transfer over. We implant it here and then we'll just let it heal. Um, the reason why we do that is because 
Sometimes when a patient loses a tooth, let's say they have trauma and the tooth comes out or breaks, sorry, the tooth breaks, and then we have to remove it and place an implant. Many times the actual gum goes up, and then when a patient smiles, you're going to see a longer tooth oh, yeah. uh, on the implant. So then that becomes a really conscious problem for the patient. I can imagine. You know, that. having a longer tooth than the other one is very anesthetic, especially being in the, in the front area. That's why we call it the aesthetic zone. So then, uh, so then we as uh, dentists, specialists, we'll have to see what does it, what does it take to be able to get that patient looking natural? And let me tell you, patients are very grateful when something looks very natural. Sometimes they take it for granted that, hey, this is how it looks all the time, and it, and it really isn't. It's actually quite challenging to be able to get those um, um, looking natural. It's, 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 um, that's why we specialize on, on, on those. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to get proper, a lot more extra training to be able to accomplish these procedures. And then it's practice, practice, practice. That's why you go to specialty training program. And that's why you get referrals from a bunch of dentists because they don't want to go. They're like, we don't want to try that. You go ahead and do that. And, and it's actually best. Like if we, if there was like, a, say for instance, a general dentist um, that, that say doesn't feel comfortable doing these procedures, it's mm -hmm. actually, it's actually best to refer him out because. Many times when it's done and something goes wrong, it's very hard to repair something that goes wrong. And in fact, part of my office, uh, sorry, uh, part of the patients that I get referred to is actually just redos that, that kind of fix some problems that happened in the past. So the problem with that, it, it can get really expensive for the patient. Because you gotta undo what they messed up yes, and then redo as opposed right, to if they, they came right. to you originally, they, you could just started and done it, you know? Correct. That's the advantage of starting something from the very beginning uh, with that cell. And that's also part of my purpose for teaching when we teach continuum education courses to uh, to uh, to the doctors, general dentists, is like it's, it's one of the purposes to see, just lay out the base, like, look, this is, this is the situation, this is how much work it takes to get uh, something done, and then if you don't feel comfortable, we're here to help, you know, yeah. it's part of it. And also they learn too, because they learn what we do, and then, and, and then when they refer a patient, they, you know, they, they, they also educate the patient about that. Nice. So, cool. so and the last thing I wanted to show you real yeah, quick is um, someone who has lost all the teeth. We can get um, the four to six implants on the, on the bottom in a prosthetic that can be one bridge like this. Uh, it can be, this one is, we call it fixed. It's, it's fixed, it's seated on implants throughout the full arch and this one single piece. Mm. So we talk about bridge, we talk about a single implant, now we talk about full arch prosthetic. This one is when someone you're taking all the teeth out or it's indentures, we put some implants in there and we put some sort of bridge uh, that goes around and it's fixed. It's also screwed onto the implants. And um, the advantage of this one is uh, because it, it's no seating on the gum. People can actually put a lot of uh, uh, pressure oh. when they eat. So uh, then all of a sudden people, let's say for instance, we were talking about patients with dentures. Let's say someone has dentures. When they bite, it can be painful to bite on certain foods that are hard, right? it pushes against the gum. It pushes against the gum, so it can be painful. You know, mm -hmm. some patients, actually some patients, they avoid eating certain foods, right? And 
And so, because it can create a sore and it can be painful for a couple of weeks or so. So when you, all of a sudden you do teeth supporting on, on implants, you can buy very hard and it doesn't hurt. So what happens is you're helping somebody to have a change in diet when they were avoiding certain foods to now being able to eat pretty much anything that someone with teeth will, will eat. So, um, you know, it's, um, it's a lot, a lot of us that have healthy teeth, we take it for granted that it always be like that, but it's not the moment you start losing teeth. It affects, affects your chewing efficiency. Um, it can add further aggravate problems in certain areas. Like if you, if you lose your back teeth, you can all of a sudden start creating a lot of wear in your front teeth, right? So it becomes now an aesthetic problem and functional problem. But um, it's uh, very nice to when we take a patient that um, um, that uh, can start eating uh, pretty much everything they want. It also affects, and it's just weird, it affects your speech sometimes too, the way that you sound when you speak. Because I remember before you worked on my front teeth, I had a gap, some gaps in the front right here, and I had more of a, my, my, the way I spoke, I notice it now on videos and when I hear myself. My, right, I'm more, my speaking now is much clearer than it was before. And I don't know what that, there was just gaps, and I, I had more like you hear the air or something, but I listened to videos before and after in my speaking, not that that's a big thing, but for certain people I can imagine, it changes the way you talk sometimes. It really does, it really does. One of the things that can affect on that is the design of the, the crowns, the, uh, the, uh, the caps, yep. the teeth, right? Proper contours, proper shape, proper anatomy, when you spend the, the time to do a good job and and make that the prosthetic or 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 the cap be and look natural, it actually can can improve the speech and yeah. the aesthetics and the function. And if you do all of that, those restorations tend to last for for many years, and that's what we want for our patients, you know. Cool. Well, I just want to, before we go, um, we could probably talk about this kind of stuff forever. It's very interesting to me um, and probably the listeners. Last but not least, I know something that's been it's what I got, and it's something that's been kind of popular. It started probably in Hollywood or with the rich, but now a lot of people are looking into it, which are veneers. And I know that you do veneers. I know you're very good at them. Um, who, obviously the stuff we, preventative we talked about, then we talked about stuff for people that have major tooth problems. What about people that have perfect teeth and they just want them to look better because of maybe their genetics, you know, maybe they have separation, maybe they, they have the larger gums or whatever it may be. Um, who are you seeing with the veneers? What type of person is your average person getting veneers these days? Well, um, the people that would get some veneers is people um, that will have little gaps in between the teeth. Little gaps can be fixed through by having braces or through veneers, right? Um, Let's say your teeth are perfect. They only have little spaces. I will say probably it's best to have some sort of uh, orthodontic treatment like braces and closing, right? Mm -hmm. But there are situations in which the tooth, it can be a little chip. It can be the color is not good. Sometimes you have some dark or white patches on your teeth and becomes also an aesthetic problem. So when you have those situations by doing veneers, you fix pretty much all of it at once, gaps, uh, aesthetics, coloration, um, chips. chips, you fix all of it at once by doing the veneers. Uh, it, it also, um, the patient that has, uh, let's say, 
let, let's let's say you the, you don't want to have braces because we, we have a group of patients who who say I'm too old to have braces. Mm. Like it's it's not for me. I and plus having braces can take a while, right? Can be eight months, a year, a year and a half, two years. Some patients want something more immediate. Mm -hmm. So having veneers, it kind of avoids that time of having braces for months. And then, and then because we can do veneers, we can do veneers like in two, a couple of weeks mm -hmm. compared to a year and a half or two years of having braces, right? So it's also a time factor it has to count um, when the, the, to see what the patient wants. And you basically, obviously, if it's for um, aesthetically, if they do a lot of video or whatever they're doing, you can just make, obviously, just create a perfect smile and fix all the imperfections. That is correct. That is okay. correct. That's the one, that's, that's, one, uh, that's one advantage of doing veneers is something that is actually can be done very beautifully because porcelain, we can make it any color, any mm -hmm. shape. It can, be, it can look really good and also can be done in relatively quick compared to other type of treatments such as um, braces. Awesome. Um, all right, before we go going, man, so the, the, the name of the podcast is There's a Difference, and I, I ask all my guests this. What's, um, what's something that you think um, makes you different from most dentists? Well, I think, I think you know, the dedication and attention to details that we, we do to everything that we do and also um, the continuous education and preparation that we have um, in my office um, will always help us be um, on top of things and be the leaders in, in not just in dentistry, but also in education. Mm. Um, one of the things that we do, we also try to have uh, the most current technology and be able to use it. Uh, there is many procedures that we do. Some procedures require certain the use of certain technology and advanced equipment. And we have all of that. Uh, we have from um, equipment such as uh, intraoral scanners to lab scanners to uh, equipment to fabricate the crowns in my own office. Uh, we have an in-house lab too. Um, and also, um, I think one thing that is very valuable to us is that uh, uh, we treat every patient um, as a human with respect and, and we always do our best that whatever we do is going to be successful and that it's going to last. So just like in your, your case, I, I hope the work that we do will last for many oh yeah, years. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> I think that makes you different too. I think just from my, you probably won't say it, but like he, again, he teaches dentists how to, two things I think. He teaches dentists to do more complex um, procedures and number two would be um, that's he's the guy that all the dentists that mess up or that can't handle it they send them to him so he's you're pretty busy right now even with this whole crazy corona thing because people first of all emergencies you're the one person that can actually handle emergencies um, of all sorts so again you guys dr. Paredes if you guys need anything if you have any type from simple stuff all the way to major to to implants or veneer you just want to look pretty uh, or good looking or handsome, definitely give this guy a call. Where can they find you at, Prentice? Uh Well, they can give us a call. We, um, we, you, you, if you go to newsmileprocedonist.com, you can find us. We have a short version for that. It's called newsmileprocedonist.com. Newsmileprocedonist.com. Okay. Uh, they can find us. And um, also, if you Google uh, newsmileprocedonist, 
or just my name, um, you know, you're going to find us on, on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have on, on our website, Yelp. Uh, Do you know Google. the office number by any chance? Yes. Uh, my, my office here in San Diego is 619-548-4825. And, uh, and my Murata office is um, 951-696-8200. Once again, Murata office is 951-696-8200. And the San Diego office, 619-548-4825. Awesome, man. Hey, buddy, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I know you'll have a, a nice long career and again, you take care of me. So anyone that wants any type of dentist work, be sure to give them a call. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.